This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, PA. And we got another one for you. This is, again, the show where we talk to people in and around independent professional wrestling. And no different. And always, always a victory when I get somebody who's actually from outside the greater Pittsburgh area. Uh, so, but we'll get into that in a moment. In the meantime, please go check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. A lot of fine, fine uh uh, uh, professional wrestling podcast over there where we let people swear and uh, over at indywrestling.us where you can find a lot of guys that we chat with on the on these shows in action so please go check that out and support both of those causes over there so uh the fellow we have on today i was first introduced in action uh, watching them in action with a real shoot wrestling when I got to visit those guys a couple of months ago. And then I uh, happened to run into them backstage at Warrior Wrestling, uh, my first stint out there in Chicago. So Garrison Creed joining us on the line uh, from Wisconsin, of all places. I think it's the first time Wisconsin happened on the show. Hey, thank you very much, my man. So, uh, first of all, we do a little bit of a get to know you on this show, and uh, we were talking a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm really interested to get into your background and your story on this, but uh, what was kind of your earliest uh, uh, memory uh, of, of, in, of uh, professional wrestling in general? Um, I, I've always, I mean, if you're in professional wrestling, you're a fan. I mm-hmm. get that out of the way right away. I don't care what you say. You, you are a fan of it. Um, I've My earliest memory is probably somewhere around... Um, uh, the, the match Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, uh, the body slam broke on the world. I mean, if you're around during that time period, you you kind of remember it. Uh, but I got locked into it uh, right around the debut of um, WCW Monday Nitro uh, in the beginning of the Monday Night Wars. Uh, not just the you know the Hulk Hogan's, the Randy Savages, the Ric Flairs um, at the times. It was uh, more the, the mid card guys that really got my attention. Uh, Dean Malenko, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, and then you got all these luchador type guys coming up from uh, Mexico, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrera. I mean, those are the ones that really captivated me and locked me in as a professional wrestler. That's awesome. So, so yeah, the, the, the alternative, if you will, um, I, I think it caught a lot of our a lot of our attention. It was, it was so different at the time. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you did. It was kind of like the transition from uh, watching wrestling on Saturday morning, kind of in a background uh, TV show, to hey, now this is mainstream. We got some serious uh, realism coming on, and you got mm-hmm. the Attitude Era of WWE, and you got uh, WCW coming on up, and you know, fighting at their tail end, actually beating them out for a number of weeks. Um, and you, the talent flourished. I mean, you saw the rises of uh, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who was? I mean, he was a spectacular, uh, a stunning Steve Austin in WCW. You had uh, Rocky Maivia coming on up, making a name for himself. Uh, I mean, you saw so many superstars come up in this era that I mean, it became beyond wrestling itself. It became mainstream pop culture that so many people were drawn to. Excellent. So, so going from that, so you were you were a fan growing up and everything. At this point, were you 
What was it something that that you were like? I want to get in the ring and do this. Were there other things that were kind of uh, uh, leading you through life at the time, or or how how did that kind of uh, work out for you? It, it was something I really wanted to do. Uh, but I mean, what kid growing up doesn't want to be the star quarterback to their favorite football team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you realize it ain't gonna happen. Um, so I went through school, still you know, still a big fan, but graduated. Uh, I ended up joining the service. I joined the military, uh, Army Infantry. Um, while I was in service, I didn't have any any means to watch professional wrestling. Spent most of my time overseas uh, doing that sort of thing. Uh, and then when I got out, I uh, went to college, got my degree in social change, uh, went into the job force. Uh, just I, wrestling fell off for me. Uh, I went on, you know, and did you know the real world stuff, the big boy stuff. Um, and I always just kind of felt like something was missing. Like I'm not, I'm not your cookie cutter type individual that just you know does things, checks the blocks, you know, lives life the way that you're told you're supposed to live. I like to think outside the box and do my own thing. Um, so then, at one point, uh, here I am, 32 years old. Uh, you know, got my own house, white picket fence, dog in the front yard, the whole deal. And I find out eight miles down the road, there's a guy that's got a wrestling ring in his barn. Uh, Shane Hill. Why the hell am I not there? Got a hold of his number, gave him a call, and that Sunday I started training. And uh, I started doing it thinking, all right, you know, if anything, it's a way to keep in shape. Yeah. Um, and then I just kind of got into it. Uh, I'm not going to say I was getting into a swerve right away. I'm, I mean, really stubborn that way. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed going to a couple of the local shows. And I'm like thinking, hey, if I even get to just doing these shows once a month, I'm set. Um, and that's kind of how I got, I got into the business. I started out. I, I love that. There's a similar story I think Chelsea Green tells where she like realized Landstorm School is like in her town. And she's like, why not? <laughs> so <laughs> it worked out for her. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, one of the best trainers is like uh, two miles from my house. Okay, you know. Well, so and even then, you know, finding the history of uh of just the program that I came on of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, Shane Hills is he's a local legend, but I mean, if you say the name outside of Wisconsin, people are gonna kind of like you know look at you weird. Yeah. Uh, but you tell them, well, no, it's the it's the Mercury One program. Uh, that you know, Kamikaze Ken, uh, Kennedy came out of, and also Hornswoggle. Uh, watching old video, you see, um, you, you see videos of CM Punk up in the NWA Wisconsin. I mean, there, there's a fair amount of history that comes out of Wisconsin. You just holy crap! And mm-hmm. I, you know, came on at the tail end of this, I didn't even realize it. So, so you had like no awareness of like independent wrestling kind of as a whole. Uh, you, you just like you, you knew your WCW and your WWF, and 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 that was it for that the was time, it. right? That was it. Uh, I graduated high school in 2003, so from 2003 to 2016, I call that my black hole of professional wrestling. Anything mm-hmm. that happened there, I am completely pop culture wise ignorant of. Yeah. And if you kind of if you kind of take a look back at like the, a big history of the mo- most recent popular indie wrestling, say Ring of Honor. Their heyday is from 2002 to now. I missed it. I missed. <laughs> I missed Nigel McGuinness. I missed Brian Daniels or Daniel Bryanson or I mean, however he was. I mean, I missed so much. Uh, Kevin Steen, El Generico. I missed it. I didn't know it existed. So now here I am. I'm coming on in. I'm weighing. When I started training, I was right at about 225. So I'm thinking, 
all right, hey, that's Eddie Guerrero, Chavo Guerrero, uh, psychosis size. Yeah. I need to be kind of jumping over the top rope, doing these crazy flips and all this stuff. And I'm getting my, I'm getting my ass chewed out day in and day out. Hey, stop flying around so much. You're a big guy. You got, you got to start using your power. And I'm going, eh? Um, so then once I started getting the okay to go into matches and realize, oh crap, I'm the biggest guy in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do so much of that flippy do stuff anymore. I mean, I still do once in a great while, but. It, 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 it definitely changed my dynamic and I'm like, all right, I got to hit some YouTube. I got to get some videos. I, I got to do a lot of studying up on what's modern wrestling versus nineties wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, so tell me a little, so you, you say you found a ring in a, you know, a barn and, and, and everything like that, you know, uh, uh, and you're, you're discovering the, the, the background. Uh, did anything surprise you about like one, you know, what was the aesthetic of, of, of training in a barn of all places? I feel like this is an old, I think this is the story from the Mick Foley book. If I recall <laughs> with, uh, I, I think I made a Mick Foley reference when I first walked up to this thing, like saying, yeah. you know, this is like, this sounds like the beginning chapter of an autobiography. As yeah. I walked up to this old rinkety barn, you open up the doors <laughs> and sure enough, it's just big enough to fit a wrestling ring. If you hit the ropes too hard on one side, you hit the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but yeah, it was it was very much like that. Occasionally, we'd have a bird fly in. Um, we keep the doors open so we get some airflow. Um, I mean, we're flipping chat. We're flipping tractor tires. Uh, I mean, we've had stories of you know for our cardio, we'd be climbing the silos. Uh, just wow. things like that. It was just a very, very country rustic style of training and very old school style. It was definitely a late eighties, nineties uh, style of training that we did. Mm -hmm. So getting into it, you started doing the shows, um, you know, were, were you, were you this persona to begin with, uh, you know, were you, you know, were you still kind of figuring it out or, you know, where were you going with that? I had, I had the name, um, but I was thinking, you know what? I, the character will come out. I, I'm just going to go on out there and I'll, I'll just, I'll do, I'll do my job. The promoter will tell me what they are expecting me when I go on out there. Uh, so I had the name and I had some ugly ass uh, orange and brown drums. Uh, so I went out there, did the thing. Uh, I have an extensive martial arts background. So I tend to throw in a lot of kicks and that sort of stuff. And then uh, some MMA, um, uh, Royce Gracie style jujitsu in there. So I throw that in there as best as I can. And um, it was eh, it wasn't really taking off. Like I said, if I'm doing shows once a month, I was I was happy with that. Um, but then we were doing a show for we we're doing a fundraiser for uh, a local VFW, and I'm going. Well, we got you know one guy on the roster who is you know he's got the he's a military vet himself, and he's doing the whole GI Joe thing. And I'm going. Well, let me be a little bit more nationalistic version of that. You know, let me be the Cobra to your G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. and that's when the pain started. I wore some of my old gear a little bit that first time. But that, that got some traction. That the, the fans really liked that. And I didn't have to uh, be so... I mean, I was so physical, but I didn't have to do so much. I mean, I just showed up and... You know, with that wave of one hand, I got a, I got some people cheering, or with a snarl another way, I got the people booing. You know, depending on what kind of you know, what side of the puppet I wanted to play, and it just took off from there. Uh, it became a, it became a thing. So here I am, four years later, still doing uh, the mercenary thing. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, so tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, we were talking about how well-traveled you were about, you were mistaken at one point for being from Winnipeg for some reason in Canada. Like, can you tell yep. us a little bit about that? Cause like, again, I've seen you down here South, you know, in West Virginia, uh, uh again, running into you up in Chicago. Like I I'm already seeing how traveled you are just in experience in two months. I mean, the, one of the things that they hammer into you when you're, you know, hey, how are you going to make it in this business? Mm-hmm. Jump in your vehicle and travel. How many people do it? Mm-hmm. Not a lot. But I got stuck in a weird position uh, right from the, uh, almost from the get-go. About six months in the business, I had lost my shoot job. Um, but I didn't, like, lo- I didn't, like, lose it, fired, no paycheck right there. I lost and I got three months of severance pay. And it just so happened that at that time, Danny Duggan, who runs Canadian Wrestling Elite, uh, based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, um, had a tour going on, a three-week-long tour. And I'm like, I'm already getting paid. Can I come up and just work? And sure, shit, he, he allowed me to come on up there and, uh, and, and you know, I worked some, you know, worked up there. Uh, got to meet up with uh, Chase Owens and uh, mainly Tony because I mean, Chase Owens was a great help. You know, so I faced off against the Bullet Club very early on. Uh, but moving up to Tony Casino uh, helped out so dramatically. I mean, being able to uh, just follow him around, train with him, uh, learn how to live on the road with him, uh, you know, share a couple of beers and a couple of stories, and just kind of take, you know, absorb what I can while I was on tour from him. And then, you know, getting to meet up along the lines of like, uh, I'll run across Silas Young here because he's also from Wisconsin, but being on tour with him and being able to have matches with him, uh, being able to train with Jonathan Gresham while I'm up there, uh, having Nikita Koloff giving me feedback on my matches and you know, giving me a little bit of pointers here. Um, those Canadian tours helped out so much and early on, and I've done four of them now. Um, it was great. So, I mean, and then also got connected with other guys while I was up there. So, since being up in uh, up in Canada, I've taken uh, opportunities to go to North Dakota. Uh, I work hev- very heavily in Minnesota. I got uh, I just started getting in heavily down in uh, Illinois right before this COVID situation happened. Uh, I've been picked up down in Oklahoma. I've been down in Kansas. I just recently came back from Dallas. You saw me in West Virginia. Uh, Rico De La Vega was the hookup from there. Uh, I debuted last last November for the Monster Factory. Hey, if you got a spot in a vehicle, or hell, I find out about a show that I'm really itching to go on, I'm gonna make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so we've talked with several people. You, you mentioned your military background. Like uh, a lot of people, like wrestling, seemed to be like the transition that, in their cases, uh, that helped them out. Of that. Now it sounded like you had a lot going for you here going into wrestling but it was there something that uh that that attracted you to it or 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 helped kind of transition going back into uh uh, 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 uh civilian life a little bit uh you know give you a little something you're missing i um you know to kind of go off a little bit and i never really talked too much about this i am diagnosed ptsd but mm-hmm. it's not like one of those i'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night thinking i'm still in combat no it's one of those um, I have the on switches on. I'm always doing stuff and I don't know how to turn it off. Right. So when you got a regular nine to five job, you can go home, de-stress and vent and, and you know, turn it off. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got into professional wrestling, that was my outlet. Before that, it was always trying to do something like martial arts or working out or, 
doing these long, like tough mudder or Spartan race type things. I was always training for something to kind of just try to keep busy. Yeah. And that's, that's my mindset. I got to keep busy. I got to keep being prepared for the, the next thing, whatever that is. Professional wrestling gives that to me. I got to be ready week in and week out to go on out and do, hey, I got, you know, I'm going to be on this show. Oh, hey, I'm going to be main event down here. Oh, hey, I'm just simply going down here to network and talk to the promoter. It constantly gives me something to do. Um, also, I mean, when I was in service, I, I was constantly moving. I was, I mean, we were based out of places, but I mean, you, you go, yeah, you live in a barracks for a year, but within that year, every two weeks, you're going and taking a week long training mission, a two week long, tra- a month long training mission. You're barely at the barracks ever. And I, yeah. I mean, I was in, uh, South Korea. That's how, that's how my year over there was spent. Being deployed to Iraq, we kept going over and then we had a different combat outpost because we were kind of a uh, going and mit- uh, mission divisive uh, type unit that we were in. Uh, so we we're going around where we were needed and you know, we needed a little extra force in that area. Um, so I was very nomadic while I was in service. I came out and now I'm growing stagnant. I'm not comfortable. I'm uncomfortable with it. Hey, here's professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I'm adapting really quickly to this and it's just another avenue, another approach to this that I love on top of being able to be in front of people, being in front of fans uh, right now, being one of those guys providing entertainment uh, in a world where we don't have much live entertainment going on sports or concerts. And such. So being able to be at the front lines of that, you know, I take very seriously. Um, so professional wrestling gave me that outlet to be, to return to my, uh, always be prepared nomadic lifestyle that I became accustomed to. That's great. It is probably a sense of just like this kind of combat ratty mentality on top of it too, right? Yeah, that fills yes. that in. Um, I had uh, somebody asked me about being nervous before a match and uh, every time, every time. But it's uh, I also compared it to uh, being nervous before going out, go, going outside the wire before a mission. Mm-hmm. Um like I'm, I'm ready to go out there, but I'm ready as I can be because you can't exactly be ready uh, when shots are fired and bullets are flying by your head. There, there's no way to actually prepare for that. You're gonna yeah. find out what exactly you're made of when something like happens like that. Yeah. When I'm going into the ring, I don't exactly know what's gonna happen. Is everything gonna go to plan? Are we gonna have to adjust fire on the go? I don't know. So I have that same kind of anxious anxiety nervousness from military to to the ring interesting interesting i'm always interested to see how that that connects because i hear this like a version of this story so many times and uh and and to see how that that goes because i mean you know it's gotta be tough kind of coming back and just going back to to quote normal life uh like that so normal life sucks <laughs> tell me about it i'm an entrepreneur I ain't no normal around here either <laughs> so uh that's awesome well uh so so i like to ask a little question to close out these interviews uh uh you know i think we we, we fill in a lot of these right now but what is the best and the worst thing about pro wrestling for you right now five years in the lower back pain it takes when mm. you're driving a thousand miles a weekend <laughs> Um. Yeah, if you ever watch a vehicle full of professional wrestlers pull up, you'll notice each one of them walks out like they're a ninety-year-old man. <laughs> um, the best part, though, is 
uh, I've had this happen um, seldom, a very, very few times, but this is, the, this is the emotion that I'm always trying to set up for now is um, I'll give two instances. I had one where uh, I put on a show in my hometown growing up and being able to have next to, it was a great turnout. So, I mean, I my entire graduating class of high school and I don't, I don't work nearly enough in my hometown area. So my friends and family barely ever get to see what I do. But to have the majority of that crowd out there knowing that they're to see you was very uh enduring. Um and then like the emotion that I had after the match, like it was just like I I, I had a hard time processing it. It was so in depth. Uh but then after I had that match, I went out and I debuted for Pure Pro Wrestling over in Michigan. Unbeknownst to me, I had a whole bunch of my military brothers uh, that lived in the area. So they were reaching out, hey, man, it's only a two-hour drive. I'm going to be there. I'm going to bring so-and-so. Oh, you live out there too? Um, one of which of these guys, um, I the last time I saw him was being hauled out on a stretcher in pretty bad condition. So knowing now that I got, and I had the promoter came up to me before and goes, Hey, I don't know what, how the hell you did this, but you sold out a front row. I mean, I wish more new guys debuting could do that. I'm like, so my music hits and I come on out and I see the front row of all these guys that are used to be, you know, I, I served with, and I, you know, kind of brings you know, a little tear to your eye. And I, I round up around the corner, making my way around the ring. And my one friend, who was last, like I said, last time I saw him was on a stretcher. Um, he's there. He had his son. His son had a friend with too. And just, just uh, being able to see him right there, that just pulled a whole, whole new level of emotion out of me. And now I got to go do a match. <laughs> as, as the, the wicked mercenary uh, persona, correct? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, I wasn't the good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't the good guy. I wasn't necessarily the bad guy. I uh-huh. was the one to get the job done. Yeah, um, yeah. But it ended up being one of my best matches to this day uh, against a young man, uh, Tommy Vendetta. I mean, if you could look up him, I, he's an outstanding talent. Um, and then we we went and tore it up. And again, like right afterwards, I had so much emotion. I just had to like just I, I had a pro- hard time processing it i had to physically walk away from everybody to let it to let it uh sink in really um but those two instances told me that anytime that my music hits and i walk out that curtain that's the goal i want that emotion if mm-hmm. i can get emotion like if i can let the crowd get that and, and you know and i receive that feedback then i know i just laid it all out there for me it's fantastic well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find out where you're uh, coming up in uh, the very near future or, uh, or or find out where to find more? Uh, well, in the very near future, uh, because of COVID going on, we got a lot of stuff in flux, but I will be making an appearance. Uh, it will be in attendance at uh, Warrior Wrestling in Chicago Heights, September 26th. Um, and I'm also going and doing the uh, first TV taping for Ch- Chicago Championship Rest Chicago Land Championship Wrestling uh, in Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, that will be October 3rd. And if you're not able to make that make attendance for that, that one is going to be the taping for the first episode on uh, Amazon Prime. 
Excellent. I, I'm glad to see, as I say, we, we talked to the Dojo Pro guys, as I told you before the interview. Glad to see there's more happening on Amazon, and that's, that's a great platform. I'm hoping you get a lot of exposure out of uh, uh, doing something like that. There's a lot of wrestling on Amazon Prime. It's, it's amazing. I, I'm hoping so, too. And uh, I'm in the main event on that show against uh, Marche All Day Rocket and uh, Chris Shogun Logan. Uh, and that's going to determine the first uh, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling Champion. There you go. Well, good luck with that. And social media, where can people follow you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You just look up Garrison Creed, spelled G-A-R-R-I-S-A-O-N-C-R-E-E-D. I'm on all three of them. Very easy to look up. Uh, Please get a hold of me. Uh, Also, I have T-shirts available on ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Garrison Creed. There you go. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you out in Chicago, of course. And we'll see you guys out there, wherever you may be. Please go follow all those promotions that we talked about and follow our friends here uh, that we work with at IndieWrestling.us. And check out that Warrior Wrestling, of course. uh, That's over on Flight TV. We've been kind of behind the scenes helping out a little bit with that. Uh, So a lot of great stuff going on. Until next time, please support Indie Wrestling. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.